Second edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Be Heard podcast platform. We are so happy that you're here with us. Full disclosure, we are recording this about 15 minutes after the news of Russell Westbrook being traded to the Washington Wizards in exchange for a guy who just had an Achilles surgery, in exchange for a guy who just had an ACL surgery, in exchange for a guy who hasn't played basketball in two freaking years. The Houston Rockets just traded a 27, 8, and 9 guy. But cool, the contracts match up damn near to a T, so I guess in the NBA, that's all that matters. And Washington figures, hell, we can get off of this deal and get rid of James Wall. We know he's not going to be good anymore. And Russell Westbrook can get traded because God knows what the Houston Rockets are doing. Everybody's waiting for the James Harden thing to happen. And I'm sitting here like, that was just disrespectful. (laughs) Yes, but like I said, too, um, I'm happy for Westbrook to get out of that um Houston drama and uh back with Scotty Brooks and a couple of his other old coaches from Oklahoma City um that are now on the Wizards bench I'd much rather be playing with uh Bradley Beal than James Harden as a point guard um and they do have some some young talent and I mean they just paid uh Bertrand's a crap load of money Mm -hmm. um got some shooters around them but they at least have guys lined up contract wise for a while. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what actually happens, but yeah, it was, like you said, it was a no brainer for Washington that they, they got the better player right now because we don't know what wall's going to come back as. And his contract is like $500,000 less. So you saved a little money. Um, They gave up a protected, um, 2023 first round pick. I don't know what the uh, protections are, but um, it'll be interesting to see. And then to see what Houston has a first round pick now. Or <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if they can move it. Cause I know they've traded all their other picks and you have those can't trade. Right. Two in a row. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. And you have boogie and wall back together again. You have to wonder if, Boogie before he signed, if that was kind of told to him as a, we know you're friends with, you know, you're close with wall. This is opportunity for you to. Well, sure. But what was just, or if he was signing strictly because that's who was interested and he didn't. Yeah. I mean, Woj just tweeted uh, that Tommy Shepard and Raphael stone hadn't talked in weeks on the deal, but connected this afternoon. So I don't know. I don't exactly remember how long ago Boogie signed. Like in in NBA terms, it's been like six months. Yeah, Yeah. but it's been six months because we just had the draft. We just had we just had free agency. Training camp started yesterday. And no, I promise we're not going to talk the entire podcast on on the Russell Westbrook deal. We will talk about the Sacramento Kings and training camp getting in our way. Sort of. We'll explain what we mean by that in a minute. But this news literally just happened. And I know a lot of people download these podcasts the night of. So that is the news of the NBA Twitter world that uh, Russell Westbrook is headed to Washington for John Wall in a first round pick. Yeah. And I already saw some comments like, oh, well, so much for what they said last week about never trading John Wall and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
I get it. We all want to believe what's being told, but it very much is a business and nobody is off is off the limit. It's off limits unless you're like LeBron James. I mean, realistically, like there's nobody that's unmovable, you know, unless, yeah. unless you're LeBron. <laughs> yeah. That, no, that's, that's, that's true. And I mean, don't ever, a lot of that stuff is just done for public posturing. Hell Kings fans know that better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. We're not trading DeMarcus Cousins. We're signing DeMarcus Cousins to a long-term contract extension. And a week and a half later. Signing a $200 million contract. Yeah. Yeah. We all know this is, it's, it's all worth nothing. It's worth nothing when a player says, uh, I want to spend my whole career here. Peja said it. Chris Weber said it. I think both of them were traded within days of that statement. Um, it, it happens with, uh, you know, organizations as well, where you, you get the right deal and, and you move off it. I don't know what Houston's game plan is. They're not bringing in John wall because they think he's a, a, an all NBA player or right. a potential MVP candidate. Uh, he is a massive, massive unknown, which is just one of the things that I can't get over is so many people act like Russell Westbrook is completely washed up. And I can't figure that out. Like I look over his numbers over and over and over again. And I, I see the same 27, eight and nine or whatever it is. And it's like, what is leading you to this belief that Russell Westbrook is washed up? He took a 27, seven and eight. And he took a back seat to James Harden last year. He let James Harden dribble, 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 suck. Dribble, 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 shoot a three. Like he let him, you know, whether he led the league in scoring or whatever James Harden did last year. Russell Westbrook let him do all of that stuff. So how people got to this, this notion that Russ is washed up, I just find absolutely fascinating. But I think he's going to do well in Washington. Uh, obviously, I'll be watching him closely, but um, that trade just, I, I don't even, uh, it's just so it's it, it's just so disrespectful. I, I just like you're, you're literally trading him for a guy who hasn't played in two years. Yeah. You want to start over? You want me to hit the music again and we can launch into Kings no. talk and <laughs> get going. Yeah. Uh, training yeah, camp is that. underway. There were some things said uh, from both uh, Luke Walton and, and Monty McNair, Marvin Bagley, and I know Harrison Barnes spoke today. Uh, Daquan Jeffrey spoke today. De'Aaron Fox spoke yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this. I mean, all these guys have spoken. Uh, Marvin Bagley has yet to take the Zoom podium and neither has uh, Buddy Heald. But those are two guys who have been a, a hot topic of conversation. So who you want to start with, Jill? You want to start with Buddy or you want to start with Bagley? Well, and those are two guys that we haven't seen. And I know there's limits on like how many guys can actually be in the gym at once and all that stuff. But those are two that we haven't actually seen video or photos of just reporting. Sure. Um, I would assume Buddy doesn't have um, Corona just because he already had it again. I mean, but that was a long time ago and you know, who knows, but they just came out with all those numbers today. And so I saw people already speculating maybe Bagley was a positive being that he was a, a traveler. Um, if he was with his family in Arizona, possibly, I don't know. Um, or if it's just genuinely, uh, we can only have so many guys in here at once. And so we're just not seeing the ro- the rotation yet. Yeah. And so that's probably worth uh, pointing out. But it, I mean, just yes, because knowing that they're playing next week and they had what, 48 positives or something like that, that's they haven't released who they are, except the 
Warriors announced they had two or three yesterday. Yeah, they had two, but they they didn't say who who they they were. were. Yeah, they didn't say who they were. Um, This is this is worth pointing out, though. It the the teams aren't practicing. Right. Uh, The teams aren't practicing, and and I think this is universal across the league. I know the Kings for sure. I know the Warriors for sure. But again, I, I think this is universal across the league. No one is practicing until Sunday. Right. It's they're just allowed to get up and get shots. And I think you're allowed four in the gym at the yep. same time. And they have to be separated. Like um, they're not even with coaches. They're just at, like they're just out there with a ball and, and they're I shooting. Thought, I don't think coaches are I out there. I saw um, Lindsay out there, but I could. Be OK, wrong. maybe maybe you did. Maybe maybe you did. Um, I just I just went through the B-roll and it just looked like guys were out there, you know, shooting. But. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe um, they but do. Again, but the point but is, it's not, it's accounts per person. Right. 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 Um, so, but yeah, I mean, and this goes back to what we, you know, I, what we talked about as, you know, the, we heard you'll talk about clips with development and things like that. And people wanting young guys to play. And, you know, we're, we're also signing these vets to one year minimums. But to me, this is where you have to remember that, just because we're signing these guys and they mentioned this yesterday, they will literally need every single body and then some, they will probably end up being times where they're going to have to pull people from the G league. They're going to, I mean, it's, we're, we're already starting to see the numbers. You're seeing it in the NFL. You saw it in baseball. They're outside of the bubble. If they're going to be traveling, like you have to expect that, whether it be injury, Corona, that there's going to, you're going to end up needing all, you know, 15 plus your 17 people, plus your, you know, your two ways um, that you're going to need everybody and people are going to get their minutes. And it's, you could very well have, you know, five straight games of, of not a set rotation at all. I mean, it's from game to game, it could end up changing. So what's going to be interesting about that? And you, you know, you alluded to the NFL, we record these and post these on Wednesdays. You know, we, we had a football game earlier this afternoon, a part of it that, that, that was postponed for six days. Right. And it'll, it'll be, and I, I think everyone not associated with the NFL, everyone who doesn't cover the NFL, anyone who doesn't get paid by the NFL, I think is in universal agreement that the NFL has not handled all of this well. That it seems to just be a kind of fly by the seat of your pants type thing. Uh, Well, we're not going to move the 49ers game. We're not going to move the Raiders game, but we're going to go ahead and move this Baltimore Ravens game because it seems like there's an outbreak. There was no evidence that there wasn't an outbreak when two teams who had multiple positive tests played each other on a Thursday night. But 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 okay. again, they're flying by the seat of their pants here with this. How the NBA navigates this is going to be interesting. We know that they've split the schedule into two. We know that the first release is coming on Friday. We'll get, I believe it's from December 22nd, the start of the season to like essentially like the all-star break, which which is I think early March. It'll go to about there. And then we'll get the second half of the season sometime during that period. And... I got to imagine they have an idea of when they want the NBA finals played and when they want the last day of the season to be played, but they have to recognize either they might not get there without cutting games. Cause they're going to have to move games or postpone games in the first half of the season that they might not be able to make up in the second half. If they have a hard out right. date and right. I'm of the belief by the way, cause a lot of the hard out date is 
the Olympics. I don't think the Olympics are happening. I, if they're I, still having these kind of issues, then it does seem far-fetched to believe that they're, that would be happening. Yeah. Even, even with vaccines rolling out in allegedly now they're, they're, they're supposed to start rolling out. Like it's December, like we're, everything's going to be better by July. Well, and you have to imagine that it's going to be a slow rollout and you're going to have healthcare workers get it first and then, you know, critical people or essential workers. And then right. eventually it'll make its way to everybody else. But <laughs> when that actually happens, you'd have to, it's, you know, that's the very last thing yeah. that, you know, in the yep. timeline. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, and worldwide. Right. <laughs> like it, it, exactly. Right. That's the other thing. Right. Exactly. So, so it's not even like it's just country. It's it, literally everywhere. Yeah. If there's a hard out because of the Olympics. Now, the hard out may be that players want normalcy. They want summers back. They want like some semblance of a normal offseason, which they're not going to get. Like the finals aren't going to end in the middle of June. They're likely going to end sometime in July. But, you know, how that all shapes out is this is probably not going to be a 72 game season. And so how they go about, you just mentioned needing uh, as many guys as possible, needing your two-way players, needing all of that other stuff, which brings, you know, the G league up to another completely fascinating question. Yeah. Cause there are, you know, proposals for the G league that I can't figure out how that could possibly work for anybody, but they're out there. And do we have like games canceled? You just move on to the next one, but if everyone tests negative, you're bringing in new players. Like it, they're, they're, you know, they're dealing with a, a completely unknown as well. And that's, that's essentially in some cases, it's what the, it's what the, the NFL did as it relates to the 49ers and the Packers. They had positive tests. They removed those guys did test the day of the game. Didn't read the results the day of the game. They read them afterwards, but still read, you know, did the test the day of the game, put in the replacement players and then went along with the game. I have to imagine the NBA is going to act a little bit more responsibly, but right? it's, it's impossible to tell. Well, and then you had the kids that didn't go to college and are now on the G league ignite team using that as right. their, as their, so yeah. you'd have to like, it's not like all of a sudden they can tell them, Oh, sorry, your season didn't happen. So now you can't come to the 2021 draft. Right. Like, there's, yeah, there's a lot of outside factors and that kind of thing that you'd have to assume they're going to do everything they can just to, at least for that team to be able to play. You would, you know, you'd think they have a lot put into that. Yeah. Um, and as we've seen that they're actually practicing and they were with the Stockton Kings um, a week or two ago uh, uh, working and, and doing stuff in the gym. So, yeah, I'm. it's it's, it's going to be interesting. And like, and this is the thing that kind of you have, I mean, worrying about is right. We're seeing that they're just kind of working in the gym a little bit right now. Like, you know, onesies, twosies, and then supposedly this weekend, maybe Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, at some point they're supposed to, they're supposed to practice. And then they're going to have their first game next week. I'm worried, let alone getting bodies out there, but, but injury that you're not getting any kind of, normal preseason to get your body necessarily ready to actually play in a game. Like we know that guys have been in gyms and been doing that, but they still tell you there's a difference between these pickup games and actually going out into, into a full blown NBA game, especially if you're a team that, that wants to increase their pace and run. Um, so I, I do think it'll be interesting to see um, how minutes are, 
are dispersed and if they're they try and kind of work slowly work um guys in and and work up to the pace and things like that um those i think are things to to look at um come next week that don't like depending on what they look like in their first game i wouldn't make or not make anything you know what i mean like don't don't make your first impressions on based on their first outings and and things yeah. like this or even maybe in the the first quarter let alone of the season you really it's you really don't know what you're going to get yet it's it's tough and it's yeah. tough for these young kids that are just i mean they're they're being thrown to the fire yeah I mean, Tyrese is a perfect uh, example. Tyrese Halliburton, brother's just trying to find himself a mattress. And he, <laughs> he uh, if you missed that, Tyrese Halliburton was at the podium and he was talking about how uh, being an adult. Being an adult is. <laughs> yeah, like being an adult is hard. And he was talking about the expense of a, of a mattress. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, and you want to invest in a good one. You spend a lot of hours a day on a mattress. So, so you want to invest in a good one. But He's looking at it like he's out here trying to find a mattress, trying to figure out how to be an adult. And oh, by the way, the um, uh, expectations for you, at least within the fan base, may have just raised a little bit because the guy who was a part of your position group, he gone. Yep. <laughs> like we we let him go to Atlanta. He got a little bit too expensive for us. We didn't think it really worked out and made sense. So your playing time went from we'll work Tyrese in here where we can let him develop to you have a good outing here in training camp, do well in these preseason games. And look at you're going to get some run here when the regular season begins. Oh yeah. It's, <laughs> and even, I mean, you'd have to assume a guy like Woodard who just got that four year, four year contract and he got, mm -hmm. it was saying in the first year, he actually made over the minimum, but they decreased it as you know, Ken loves to do in his contracts. Um, year three and four are very team friendly, depending on, we always hear how they love flexibility, that that leaves, you know, flexible room um, down the line. But you'd have to assume signing that kind of deal for a second rounder that they're going to be heavily invested in not only Halliburton, but in Woodard as well. Yeah. Um, and at least his body size, he looks like he's, He's NBA ready. Um, but yeah, and this is where I, I do feel bad about these kids is in Sacramento, we're always in the lottery and we always have high hopes for every, everyone that we take. This is going to be the one. This yeah. is going to be the one yeah. that takes us to the promised land, yeah. right? And, and we've seen the development from Fox, which is great. Um, and, and they paid him for it. But people do yes, we need to temper our expectations for these guys. They haven't had a summer league. They're not getting a legit um, uh, training, training camp. camp. Yeah. And so it's, and they're coming onto a team that's been 14 years out of the playoffs. Yeah. So it's in the sense that I'm excited to see him, but I also am a little hesitant just because I know how we can be as, you know, we, we want it we're fans and we want to see yeah, it. That's, but, that's, that's part of being um, a fan. But, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it'll be interesting. And Hey, maybe, maybe they come out and they look extremely ready and, and they're coming. Cause as we saw Monty grabbed guys that he saw that could be guys that play both ends of the court. When you've heard him talk about both of those players, it's, not just what they've done offensively, but what they love uh, 
what he loves about them, what they can bring to the defensive side of the court. And we're not used to hearing that here. Yeah. Um, usually it is about your offensive flash or your second jumps or things like that. And we're actually hearing them saying, no, like I'm legitimately excited about what this guy can do from, from the defensive side. And then you have Woodard who's come out and said multiple times, you know, in, in high school, I won state championships. I was the, ma- I was the man when I got to college, I, I saw that I, I, I was not the man or there's a bunch of mans on there and, yeah. and I have to figure out, um, you know, where, how can I succeed and get where I want to go and not let my ego, you know, stop me from doing this? What, where can I find my spot? And he said, being a three and D guy, and, and he has embraced that. And he said, and coming to the Kings and coming to the NBA, he knows it's the same kind of thing. And he said, and I'm excited to play that role. Um, I get to be the grit guy. I get to be, you know, the, to go out there and, and, and just bring it. And again, to me as a fan, that's, that's exciting to hear from, uh, from a young kid that actually wants to play defense because as, as you know, it is, it's a very flashy league and mm-hmm. it's all about the threes and your offense. And so it, it, it is nice to hear um, some defensive talk more so than, 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 you know, we've, we've heard in years past. Yeah. Um, the, the, with the training camp being the way that it is and things kind of getting underway, we, we heard from Monty McNair first, uh, we heard from Luke Walton. We mentioned a couple of guys that we heard from. So, you know, popular conversations, uh, this week, uh, centered around Luke Walton's remarks about Buddy Heald in response to a question that Marshall Harris asked him, uh, Marshall Harris of CBS 13 asked him about, you know, what he thinks regarding uh, what Buddy's role will be. Here is what uh, Luke Walton said. And there's a follow-up from Marshall in this clip that, well, that, that, that made its rounds. That made the rounds on Twitter. Yeah, you know, we got uh, we got a lot of uh, new new faces here. So we have to continue to look at what's going to be best for our team. And, you know, even last season, Buddy started, you know, more than half the season. And, um, and when he didn't start, he played a huge role for us coming coming in off the bench and being a dynamic 20-point-a-night scorer. So every decision I make is always based on what I feel is best for the, the group and, and best for the team. Um, and with this training camp, this is part of what we have to see. What do we have? What groups are playing well together? Who complements who? Uh, and at the end of the day, every decision that, that gets made will – again, come down to what do I feel uh, as the head coach is best for this team, uh, giving us the, the the best chance of winning. Have you talked to him during the offseason or even recently? And, and what's your relationship with him right now? Yeah, you know, that, again, that's not going to get into the the in-house stuff of who who, who I've talked to and, and this and that with, with some of that. But um, uh, Buddy is a very talented player. I've always had a good relationship with him. Um, and, you know, we're excited that he's, he's part of the group. So lots of, lots of sound bites there. And Luke was talking uh, when the show started, uh, when D'Lo and Casey started on ESPN 1320 and on the radio.com app. I hope you'll take a listen to it. Uh, Luke was talking at the start of the show. I think he started speaking like around 12 
Uh, we were recording it and we were going to play the sound later in the day. So as Luke was talking, I started seeing this, the, the, the quotes popping up from media who were there. And, but you know, Luke Walton won't say whether he spoke to buddy and says he won't commit to him starting. And I'm reading this like, Oh, okay. That sounds like it was kind of contentious. And then you get the full, you know, that was like a minute, 10 minute, 15 seconds. Like that was a pretty lengthy clip of Luke Walton talking about buddy Heald's role and then Marshall's follow up there. But when I heard the full quote in context, I thought, and Luke didn't say nothing wrong here. There's there's absolutely nothing wrong with what Luke Walton said. <laughs> right. It's so as social media and as fans, you know, it's you take the little clickbait um, that, you know, and the little pieces that you want to hear. And I thought Jason Jones today on your show also did a great job of of saying how he thought it was smart of Luke to like to not say anything and just keep it in house. And it, we want to know everything as fans, but we really don't want to know everything. as fans. Like there are things that need to be kept behind and all, all we we've heard so much too, that if, if we're going to be getting back to this other style, buddy, will be fine. Mm-hmm. It, it, it'll work out. It'll be fine. We'll see. Um, and I think he even mentioned today, like it was something about not so much that he was benched. It was how he was benched. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a hard time seeing him being happy coming off the bench if there's a rookie in front of him. But again, who knows? Um, but I'm also of the mindset on the first day you speak to the media, you don't need to name your starting lineup. A hundred percent. Yeah. I Like De'Aaron's starting. We'll figure out the other four later. But De'Aaron is starting. We all know that. And when you're a player of De'Aaron's caliber, you get that honor. Like you you get the big fat contract extension. You get it like, yeah, you don't have to worry about your starting job. This is a 31-win team in a 72-game season. Everybody else needs to worry about their position, including Buddy. Right. The last two years, this was the Marvin Bagley is he or not is he right. not starting like it just right. moved from Bagley to buddy. Like it's, yeah. it's another, like, I don't, I don't know if it's fans players, but there's so much on not your best position or spot for the team, but it's, am I a starter? Am I a bench? Like mm-hmm. there's certain guys that accept those roles and other ones that don't. Um, but I, it's probably something we'll have to watch throughout the season for, for Bagley as well, because that was something that, you know, that apparently aggravated them, you know, when that first article came out with Brandon Williams about, well, we want Bagley to start and, you know, Jaeger doesn't think he's ready yet. He wants to bring him along slowly and, you know, not throw him to the wolves first. And that started that, you know, that tension. Um, It'll be interesting with this new front office, how, um, how it's handled. And we know at least from, how he was handled in Houston and had a very big part of working with the staff and, and, and figuring out rotations and how to put guys in their best position that I would assume that Monty's going to have that same kind of role here now that he's in charge. Um, so I'd assume anything that happens, it's everybody's going to be on the same page. Like there's not going to be, there's not going to be an issue when it comes to that. Um, and we'll, we'll see how the players react because, and, and as well, we haven't seen Bagley in almost a year 
And I won't be surprised to see this come up as well. Um, when he's, if, you know, we haven't seen him, I'm assuming he's healthy and, yeah. and ready to go. Um, that I won't be surprised if this ends up coming up as well when, when he reports and all that is said and done. <laughs> I wonder, you, you know, you, 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 you said something there, you said something earlier and this is, ah, uh, I it, it, it had been bothering me the last couple of days that people have been saying, like, I think, I think Bagley's healthy or we, we believe Bagley's going to be ready for the season. They've said things like that. And I think Luke Walton used the line uh, Bagley being ready to, for the season. And, and, and Jason told us today on Dilo and Casey. Yeah. We uh, uh, like, we've been told that he's healthy. That gave me pause. Cause I feel like no one has definitively said, yeah, he's good, but it also brings to mind something you said earlier and it's COVID related. And I don't want to, we're not going to throw that out there, but you can tie those two things together. So I, I just, yeah, well, I, it, and, and has he, like, I know his brother was going off to Arizona state and, and Arizona's wilding, by up. the way, if you're right. not aware, like Arizona is full on wilding out. There is no pandemic in Arizona in <laughs> yeah. Arizona well, state, part, but the team, yes, I got um, friends at Arizona state. They just kicking it. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing happening there. Just, just, just party on. Yeah. But like his dad was putting up pictures of where like they did the Kings court and Elk Grove at their place there. And they were doing the Sun Devil court in Arizona. Um, and I know he's very close with his family and, and they're usually together. Um, and we heard that Fox spent the whole off season here specifically working with the new assistants or assistants in general yeah. um, and in the gym here. Uh, to me, that kind of seems that maybe Bagley was not around here, obviously during the off season. And that's totally not uncommon. Um, but I'm curious to know, because we haven't really got anything definitive, like, have they seen him? Like where is, is he in Sacramento still? Like, again, that just brings up more questions like always than, and maybe we think too much about it. I, I don't know. <laughs> like we come up with all kinds of, of scenarios, but um, I'd assume he would probably, he was probably in Arizona with the rest of his family. Um, there could be a quarantine period. I, yeah. I doubt that it's 14 days, but in, in terms of the Kings, I mean, given the fact that I assume he's, well, this, this is all assumptions. Like I have no idea what they're doing. I I know, like I, you know, looking at B roll, I know what they send us. Uh, and I know who goes to the podium. That's about all anybody really knows. And this was the same experience that we had in the bubble where these guys got to the bubble. These guys, meaning the, the NBA teams, they got to the bubble and media members were still quarantining. So it was only what you were sent. And so when the, when the, when the very small number of positive tests were there, no one knew like really what was going on because there was no one there to cover it. And the NBA was only letting you know what you needed to know at the time. And, you know, we don't need to know every little bit of 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 uh, health information on these guys, though, once the season gets here, if there is someone randomly not playing, uh, we'll probably be able to piece yeah. that together uh, on our own, especially if they're not sitting on the bench. So, yeah. And and when it comes to, to Bagley, I think most of us know that a lot of how good or bad the Kings do this year. I mean, it's it's going to be on him and if he's healthy because we've seen when he's healthy he puts up numbers and he very much flows with fox and and in this offense and we just didn't get to see that last year 
Um, and this is a huge year for him in terms of, of contract wise as well. Yeah. Uh, so just yeah. again, having, you know, the, the influx of info where it's just, is he, is he not like, are we going to see him? Are we not like, it's, yeah. it just has everybody kind of spinning and, and going. And it's I think the internet, we're sloose and we uh, look yeah. for everything. I mean, and that's why we get so wrapped up in both Bagley and Buddy, because you said, you know, you know, Bagley, you know, could help determine the success of this team. I think the true the, it's true for both of them that Bagley and Buddy could determine the the the, the success of this team, because we know that De'Aaron is good. We know that De'Aaron can be good under most circumstances. As long as he stays healthy and is out there on the floor, he's going to be able to contribute. The question is, what will Buddy be able to con- contribute? What will his role be? If his role is exactly the same as last year, and I'm not talking about on the bench or off the bench, or I'm not talking about on the bench How or being used? a starter. Yes, 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 yes. If he is used on the floor the same exact way, this is all a failure. It's not going to, it's not going to work well for buddy. It's not going to work well for the Kings. Like it's, it's not going to work. There has to be a fundamental change. And Luke Walton talked about, no, it wasn't Luke. Sorry. It was Monty McNair. This was another uh, soundbite that made its rounds uh, system, the system for buddy. We think he's going to thrive and you go to, wait, what system Luke Walton's still here. And that's accurate. Like Luke Walton, like it can't be the same thing they did last year, because if it did, it ain't going to work. Right. And you heard, you heard Monty talk about systems and he mentioned Alvin and Rex, which based on that, I would assume like anywhere Gentry goes, he's the offensive guru and anywhere that Rex has gone, he's the defensive guru. Yeah. So I would assume Walton, it's no different. And they had these pieces when they were with Golden State as well. Um, and Luke actually mentioned you playing more um, five out offense, which is what Gentry specializes in. So again, if you're taking off that, Gentry used it with the Suns. He is what he brought it to the Warriors, and that is what the Warriors run, and they won their first ring running it. Um, Steve Kerr credits him hugely to this day. And he even had a <clears throat> spoke with Jason Jones in one of the athletic articles and was saying how much he thinks the Kings can um Gentry will spark that that offensive again that that we did not see last year um but that fits buddy style perfectly it'll be interesting to see how they do it with the big men because a lot of time they trail um in that kind of system and it relies on guys being able to re having a high iq which we did see money draft having guys high iq being able to read the players around you knowing when to cut when to screen you know things like that um but it's a very good foundational offense and fits our personnel. So again, um, if Luke wants to stay around, like to me, it'd be crazy not to use the two guys you just brought in that have yeah. over 20 years experience and have been success, been successful that the Kings under Jaeger um, were ninth in scoring and third in pace. And they were actually just behind new Orleans. Last year under Walton, uh, they fell to 22nd in scoring and 19th in pace. So Gentry lost, right? So he was he was just um, he was second in pace with Anthony Davis. He lost Davis. They got a whole new a whole new group of young young players. Plus they had all those draft picks that they used during that too. So he completely had a whole new set of players. What did he have last year? He was still fifth in the NBA in points 
and fourth in pace. So he very much has a system and knows how to use his guys in a system. Um, and I think that would be huge for the Kings to have. And we have him what for the next, I think four years, yeah. is what they signed him to. So um, again, and you see Monty um, in his interviews was very much preaching, um, laying down that, laying down that foundation. And that was, he said that they were able to sell their free agents on Fox, Buddy Bagley, Luke, bringing Gentry and Rex's systems here with those guys and that their systems are what is trending in the league. So that the guys that were brought in, um, Whiteside, you know, Glenn Robinson, who played really well in the Warriors in that system, um, is another two-way player, but that was another guy that was sold on, you know, that you can highlight yourself in in this kind of this kind of system and, and you'll be successful at it. So that's part of the reason I'm and normally I think it's because this organization ridded itself of so many things that I didn't like. I think I'm like, I just, I'm believing in this. It's like, I, I want to give Monty McNair in this front office an opportunity. And I think with Luke Walton, I, I, I have to wonder if Monty just went to him and said, look, man, like you've got help. We're going to help. You've had, we've had situations arise where we were able to bring in, you know, new assistant coaches. Like you have help. You are not the coach by yourself. I don't know that there's a group text exchange going around like there was last year. I can't imagine that there is. Maybe there is. But I believe that Monty McNair's front office is much more hands-on with Luke Walton. And I, I would hope that Luke Walton is receptive to that. And because of that, and because I'm of the belief that he is, I think Buddy's going to be really successful this year. What that amounts to, I, I don't know. Like, I can't even right. define my own version of success. I don't know what it's going to look like. I think he's going to score points. I don't think he suddenly got smarter, but I think he's not going to be asked to do the same things that he was last year. And with him not being asked to do the same things that he was last year, he's going to make less mistakes. And immediately with a Buddy healed making less mistakes, you've got a better Buddy healed. And so I'm of the belief you know, I'm Mr. Optimistic heading into the season again. I don't know what it means in terms of wins, in terms of losses, but I believe that Buddy is going to be successful this year. And I believe he's going to be a king for the entire season. 100%. So, and and like you, like you mentioned, um, so many of his turnovers last year were his, his bad passes actually went down, but losing the ball on himself went up 16, 16 times, like, Again, putting him in situations where it's he's losing the ball off himself or or making a bad read, like it's yeah. again don't don't have him be necessarily the playmaker next to Corey Joseph. Like he doesn't right. need to initiate it. Let let him move. Let him be the recipient yes. of it. Yeah. Let, let him catch and shoot. Like, yes, exactly. Like if you high, you know, if, if the thing is you drafted all of these high IQ basketball players, you Tyrese Halliburton the same way. Tyrese is going to be able to find buddy. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be the Robert Woodward. You're going to have guys who can find buddy. Harrison Barnes is a smart player. Like put him in a position where he's not asked to do those things that he's not good at. And maybe that's maybe that's not a conversation that Luke Walton should have with Buddy. Maybe that's a conversation that Monty McNair needs to have with Buddy. And it's like, hey, 
we believe in you. We like you a lot. We think you're one of the best shooters in the league. There's a lot you could do for us. There's some things that we want you to do differently. There are some things that we don't think you're good at. And if you stop doing them, your star is going to skyrocket. So, and, and when that happens, the team is more successful. Everybody's scar, star skyrockets when the team is successful. So, yeah, I'm a believer. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm, I, and I'm certainly going into it with an open mind. So I'm anxious to see uh, how all of this works out. The Kings will be playing three. Pre, I think th- is it three preseason games on uh, national television? Two against the Golden State Warriors. One I think against the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, so, I mean they they're getting more in preseason than they had all of last year during the season. <laughs> we might have to start doing more than one podcast a week with all of this Kings news uh, coming out. Uh, all of these games, you know, starting to happen, and this will be—I don't know—I'm excited. I normally don't go into the Kings season excited, but I'm excited for this season. I—I'm I, excited that I think they made changes in the right places, and I also know. You know, I haven't been the biggest uh, cheerleader of Luke Walton, but I know if if he falls short, he's gone. Yeah. And I don't think there's a question about that. Like if he doesn't do if this if 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 the team doesn't perform the way the front office expects it to, it's not going to be on them. It's going to be on him. And so I believe that, you know, the momentum for for positive change will just continue from there. But I'm rooting for Luke like I want this to work. And um, the next time we talk. Well, oh, no. The next time we talk, it'll be right before the first game is played. It'll be a couple the of days day before. They, oh, no. Yes. Two days before. They're so, like I said, we, we might have to start doing more podcasts. We can never talk too much, Kings. Uh, anything else before we go? I have to, we're going to have to dive in, you know, a, l- a little bit more into some of these things next week. Um, the first practice will have happened. The first practice yeah. is going to take place this weekend, but anything else you want to touch yeah. on before I mean, we most up? people that, that follow me on Twitter know that I love the Glenn Robinson signing. Mm-hmm. I was, when we were talking about wing help, I was saying either Glenn Robinson or uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Like those were two guys that played, you know, both ends of the court that, that I was excited about. And I'm interested to see if he can keep up his numbers from last year. Um, and I know, again, we want to develop the young guys, but to me, it's, it's another solid guy to have around you. Um, he was the 84th percentile among us small forwards at the trade deadline last year on a bad golden state team shot 42% from the corner. Again, um, Monty talked about finding players around you that complement your skill set. Um, he fits in that way with Fox. Um, but I do, I do think just when it comes to this year and we talk about, you know, what does a good year look like? What is a bad year? Um, I'll say development wise, um, this to me got me when Monty was talking about this um, with um, Carmichael Dave earlier in the week, but he was saying that in his terms of development, what he wants to see is establish a winning foundation. So he wants guys to compete hard every night that um, lay the groundwork for offensive and defensive schemes um, uh, that guys develop by winning, being competitive. It's not just about, you know, getting guys minutes. So he stressed that, that, you know, we all talk about, well, they're not developing if they're not getting minutes. It, it, there's more to it than just throwing the guy, you know, throwing a kid out there um, on the court and that just they're, they just want to get as many players around them um, that complement Fox's skill set specifically. And it's just a combination of all those pieces. So just going into the season, 
know that like, regardless of winning or losing, like if we can see these guys starting to like have a system on offense, have a system on defense, like actually building a groundwork to me as a fan, I will be excited. I'm that's to me, that's, that's progress. And you just signed Fox who, who wants to win eventually. Like he's, he's 22, 20, going to be 23. And you, you got to start building those, those pieces. The bar is so low for what we consider success. I know progress, but but that's never like really just like gone back to the bottom and actually tried to build it back up. We've, you know, we've always tried to throw stuff against the wall it sticks and maybe get that eight seed. Like Monty, again, Monty keeps saying about, he wants prolonged, um, you know, like prolonged, like he had, like they did for Houston, right? They, they got rid of McGrady. They lost Yao. They took on bad contracts for draft picks. They took on bad contracts for draft picks. And what do you know? They were ready. They didn't know it would be Harden. They didn't know who it would be, but there was a team that didn't want to pay three stars. We put ourselves in a, in a perfect situation to be able to grab them. Mm. And he's, he even said like, I don't want to keep bringing up Houston, but that's my only like, sure. Like that's, you know, that's his only history. And, and I saw how you can build it. And we did that. And we spent eight years in the playoffs before I came here. So, you know, he's trying to build something that, like we had back when, when we had our great eight years of success and then nothing after that, like you yeah. want something that's going to build to last, not mm. just, just a quick turnaround. So Progress. I know that was kind of long to end it, but. Oh, that's, this is our podcast this is what we do is long form conversation. Progress is success. <laughs> uh, follow her at Jill Adge. Follow me if you'd like at Damien Barling. Tune in uh, Monday through Friday, ESPN 1320, D-Lo and KC. Myself and Kenny Caraway were available again, 1320 AM here in Northern California and Sacramento and anywhere in the world on the radio.com app. If you want more Kings talk, that is absolutely where you can find it. We'll be back here with you next week on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Be Heard podcast platform.